Welcome to the MPC Podcast. I am Tim W. Gill, pastor of Medora Pentecostal Church, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today. Here at MPC, we are committed to bringing hope and building lives. One way we do that is through this podcast. Thank you for listening, for sharing and reviewing what we do here. It is our desire to connect with you, and you can find us on Facebook, or you can find us at our website, medorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. I know it's Tuesday night Bible study, but oh God, we need to be in your presence. We need to be in your presence, Lord. We love you, God. Praise be to God. Praise God. Amen. Thank the Lord. Tonight I want to just teach and preach on some doctrine. I believe it's important to remind ourselves of doctrine, foundational truths. John chapter 1, John chapter 1, St. John chapter 1. It's so good to see everybody here today. Amen. Good to have Brother Randy and his grandson with us today. Thank you for being here. All of you that are watching online, amen. We appreciate you so very much being a part of us, even though we can't see you. Uh, we're in the same presence of the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 14. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he of whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. <laughs> I love that. And of his fullness have all we received and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. I want to talk to you today about where grace and truth meet. Where grace and truth meet meet. Heavenly Father, we love you this evening. Lord, search our hearts. God, let us be open to your presence and to your word today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. The passage before us tonight is a powerful, mighty passage that it reveals God's plan and wonder whereby mankind has found redemption. That is, in the beginning was the Word, and then the Word was made flesh and dwelt or tabernacled among us. Heaven's plan is a mysterious plan, and in its wonder and beauty, but it has made, been made plain by Scripture. For Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 3 and 16, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, 
justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. There are those that want to hack the scripture apart to try to, to denounce the deity of Jesus Christ, but I want to say it's very clear. The mystery of godliness, God manifest in the flesh. Oh, the blessed mystery of the mighty God in Christ. If you sit down with a devout Hebrew to explain to them an attribute of God, if you ask them to explain God to them, they would begin to quote what they call the Shema. They daily recite the biblical statement that affirms the singularity and oneness of God. The Shema is the central focus of both their morning and evening prayers. The first verse of the Shema is considered their central declaration of the Jewish faith. Can I tell you, it is also our central declaration. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Can you say that with me? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. The Lord our God is one. That means his character is unimpeachable. He is holy and blameless, constant and faithful. He's singular. He's one, indivisible. Amen. Praise God for that today. For example, we find throughout Scripture, it reveals to us that Jesus Christ and the one God of the Old Testament has been revealed, amen, in the New Testament. For example, the Lord spoke to Israel through Isaiah and declared, I am the first and the last, and beside me there is no God. That's found in Isaiah 44 and 6, amen. Now look at what Jesus declared in Revelation 1 and 8. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is, which was, and which is to come, the Almighty. So you have Isaiah recording that God says he is the first and the last, and Jesus declaring in Revelation that he is the beginning and the ending. You either have two beginning and endings, you have two almighties, or there can, or you have to state the fact, and that is there can only be one Alpha. There can only be one Omega. Only God can be described as almighty. Amen. Even in the New Testament, the scriptures explicitly teach us that there is one God. And in the Old Testament, they teach us the same. Isaiah prophesied of this coming Christ and said in Isaiah 9 and 6, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. You know the scripture, say it with me. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Wonderful. Counselor, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. So in the same breath, he says that he is a child that is born and a son that is given. Amen. Wrapped up in that statement is both the child and the son. Amen. He is the son of God, but he was a child of humanity. But he was also wonderful counselor. He was also and is the mighty God. He is the everlasting father. He is the prince of peace. If we do not get anything in the gospel, let us get this. It took a, a, a God robing himself in flesh to bring redemption.
redemption. It had to be a man. It had to be a man to bring redemption. Oh, God could have spoken. No, he would go against his word. It took a near kinsman. It took a man to go to Calvary for you and for me. But he was more than just a man. He was Alpha and Omega. He was the, the mighty God manifest in this world. The Lord allowed Isaiah in 9 and 6 to see 700 years before it actually took place. Amen. But in the mind of God, it had already happened. I love, we're getting close to Christmas, I'm telling you. I've already seen Christmas stuff hanging up, people in stores getting ready to sail. Oh my goodness. But, but when you begin to see scriptures and you think about this, the angel said unto her in Luke 1 and 35, said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. I want you to look at something very closely in this text. In the Bible it is capitalized Son of God. Son is capitalized. And that refers directly to the deity of Jesus Christ. If you see the statement Son of Man referring to Jesus Christ, it is talking about his flesh. Amen. Let me quote, let's look at John 1 and 1, that great scripture that begins this chapter. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word, the Word, the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And the Word was made flesh, verse 14 says, and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It was once said that Jesus Christ uh, the, the God of glory became something he'd never been before, yet at the same time he never ceased being what he'd already been. Amen. Jesus was the Son of God in that he was born of the Holy Ghost, overshadowed by, uh, by Mary, but he was the Son of Man in that he was born with flesh and blood. Thus Jesus Christ was the same time both fully God and fully human. Amen. Great is the mystery of godliness God manifesting in flesh Amen. I love the statement in Titus chapter 2 and verse 13 that Paul writes looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior Jesus Christ can I hang here just for a few minutes Amen. I, I, I love the oneness of God and teaching about it and talking about it and studying it. It is interesting to note that the international version, a comma is placed after Savior. Thus it reads, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, comma, Jesus Christ. It's interesting. So it, 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 it begins to take it apart in a little different way. And looking at this verse through a Greek interlinear uh, Bible original language, this is how it reads in the Greek. Looking for blessed hope, the glorious appearing of great God, Savior, Jesus Christ. 
The original language clearly states that great God and Savior are one and the same. So when you look at that English word and being put in there where it says, and the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, is the great God and also, also. Amen. We, we would see it as that word and as being as well. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, not two different distinct uh, uh, persons, but rather it is Jesus Christ, the manifested glory of God. It is only that we find in the moment of the word being brought into flesh that we see the conclusion that Jesus Christ is the meeting place of both grace and truth. It is in Jesus Christ that grace meets with truth. If we rightly divide the word, then we must come to that conclusion that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld the, his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full. Somebody say full. Jesus is full of grace and truth. If you study Jesus Christ, he claimed to be the only way. He claimed to be the only truth. He claimed to be the only path to the Father, the only name by where we must be saved. So Jesus is more than just a prophet speaking truth he is truth personified he's more than a good teacher teaching about truth he is the grand subject of truth that all students need to study and admire he's not merely a wise man he is the only wise God who is full of truth wrapped in flesh is truth when Jesus showed up truth showed up I said, when Jesus showed up, truth showed up. It seems today that truth has been thrown away. Doesn't matter. Just say whatever you want to. Whatever the news media wants to write. Whatever story you want to write. Whoever you want to believe. Facts don't matter. You think your truth and, and I'll think my truth. And then, well, we'll work everything out. Well, that is a recipe for disaster. Just look at where we are in our country today. Truth has fallen in the streets. Truth has become trampled on. I'm not a huge Ted Koppel fan, but I, I, I come across, across something that he, he said. He said, quote, our society finds truth too strong a medicine to digest undiluted. In its purest form, truth is not a polite tap on the shoulder. It is a howling reproach, unquote. So one man said it like this, the truth will make you free, but it'll probably make you mad first. Truth is not merely a doctrinal fact or a doctrinal statement. Truth is Jesus Christ. Somebody say, truth is Jesus Christ. Amen. A person uh, possessing a clear understanding uh, of stated truth, yet still have air and walk in air. They have people that have a knowledge of truth. The Bible speaks about those that are growing and, and ever learning, but never coming to the knowledge of truth. So you can have information and, and you can have understanding, but it's not the same sometime as truth. Because truth is unchangeable. Truth is unchangeable. Amen. When you begin to look at our culture, our world, uh, uh, we now have uh, uh, carriages that are horseless, laws that are enforceless, cookery that's fireless, <laughs> telephones that are wireless, 
coffee that's caffeineless, dear Lord, help us. Oranges that are seedless, watermelons that are seedless. We're, we're, we're putting uh, 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 our, our college, our boys through college. Amen. As this writer said, hatless and a proper diet is now fatless and a new motor roads are dustless and latest steel is rustless and tennis courts are sodless and our new religion is godless. Arthur Gutman put it like that. Malachi put it like this when he wrote under the anointing and quoted God by saying, he said, I am the Lord and I change not. The God of creation is still the God of truth. He doesn't change. Our God is not I might be. He is, as we learned recently, I am. Amen. The Bible calls him the sure foundation. He is the faithful and true. Jesus Christ the same. Say it out. Yesterday, today, and forever. Didn't say unless CNN posts something. It didn't say unless Corona shows up. It didn't say unless the stock market crashes. He is the same yesterday, today, and for all, forever. His holiness is unparalleled. It cannot be put into the rationale of human hypothesis. The gospel is not a guessing game filled with hunches and, and suspicions and speculation. Well, I'm just going to surmise. No, truth is truth. It's absolute whether it's here in America or around the world. Look at 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, talking about truth. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness to them that perish, because they receive not a love of what? Truth. Truth, that they might be saved. You don't run away from this gospel on a whim until you first throw away truth. You have to throw away truth. And for this cause, God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Man, that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believed not the truth and had pleasure in unrighteousness. Oh God, help our world today. This is the course they're taking. Let's just denounce truth. And God said, okay, I'll send you a strong delusion that you believe a lie. Honest to goodness, do you see some of the stuff that people believe today? It's crazy. It's crazy. Verse 13. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. You have to believe the truth to be saved. Amen. Deception occurs when one does not receive a love for truth. I believe if there's one thing that our church must do, and that is to say, I am passionate about what this book says. I am passionate. I want to know what the book book says i want to follow it completely there are things that i may not totally understand and get everything right about eschatology and the end time and all that but one thing i do know and that is there's one god there's one way to god amen there is one lord one faith one baptism hallelujah that the holy ghost is real uh, that jesus name is the name of salvation hallelujah i know that to be the truth 
The thing about truth is that truth is a blazing spotlight. Psalm 96 and 13 says, Before the Lord, for he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth and shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. He will judge the world. Truth is the judge. He is the one that opens the book. When all this is said and done, truth is going to be standing there as the right answer. Not how you feel, not how your emotions are, not because some professor said it, or because you followed some, or we followed some, some false teacher, but truth, truth, truth will be there. Amen. Romans 2 and 2 says, but we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them that commit such things. Amen. Sin is going to be, be told what the truth is. Our world is going to see what the truth is. Today, people want to sugarcoat sin. The sin of Adam and Eve brought separation and holiness of God and sin cannot mix. So man and God could not be brought back together until there was a sacrifice that bring about this. Let's look at something that Jesus said, how that he said truth is even greater than the law. Matthew chapter five, verse 21. Jesus said, ye have heard that it was said by them of old time, speaking about the law, that thou shalt not kill and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, but I, what is he? He's truth talking. He's truth personified. That whosoever is angry with his brother without cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore if I bring thy gift to the altar and thou rememberest that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother and then come and offer thy gift what is Jesus saying? In the Old Testament, they said, don't you kill. The statement is, don't you kill. Thou shalt not kill. That is one of the Ten Commandments, isn't it? Thou shalt not kill. But Jesus said, let me take you to the truth level. The truth is that God has a higher standard than even that. God's standard is higher. I get amazed at those folks that say, I'm free from the law. I'm free from the law. I'm free to do as I want to. Chirp, chirp, birdie, birdie, free. But Jesus plainly stated it, that you've heard it said, but my standard of truth is higher than that. My standard of truth is higher than that. Look, jump down to verse 27, when he continues in the same vein. You have heard it was said of them of old town, thou shalt not commit adultery. That's truth. Somebody say, that's truth. It's his word. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery already in his heart. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that one of thy members shall perish, and not that thy whole body shall be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee, for it is profitable for thee that, that one of thy members shall perish, and, and 
not that thy whole body shall be cast in hell. What is he telling us? He's saying truth is higher than your law. You can practice law and do your blue in the face. Don't commit adultery. But he said, let me take it to a new level. Let me show you what, what truth is. Jesus began to show us and remind us that sin is still sin. Satan is still wrong. And hell is still hot. Just because society gives it a new name doesn't change the, the fact that sin, sin is still sin. When it comes to truth... And it comes to sin. You know what truth says? Guilty. Guilty as charge. This is wrong. This is not right. This is right. Here's the way. There's the wrong way. Amen. But the incredible thing is that truth was in Jesus, but also full in Jesus was grace. It is the divine balance of glory, grace, and truth. Jesus was full of truth, but he was full of grace. This to me is a powerful statement. Amen. There's a wealth of biblical information concerning the glorious grace of God. There's a wealth of biblical information concerning the truth of God. Truth stands over here and says one thing, but grace stands over here and says, oh, hold on a second. Only through Jesus Christ can we find these two things embodied. The law couldn't do it. The law couldn't provide us a point where grace can meet truth. But grace, the favor of the Lord, grace, that which uh, uh, God bestows upon us that we did not earn, we do not merit. Hallelujah. Bible says in Ephesians 2 and 8, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. How grateful we must be. How grateful we must be to be creatures that were sinners and we knew the truth. Anybody ever felt conviction for your sin? Anybody? Felt like, if, if the Lord come right now, I'll split hell wide open. Truth. But grace is in Jesus as well. And grace says, hold on. I got an answer here for you. I took your place. I took your place. I am grace personified. It doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been. I have your answer. Truth and grace have been connected in Jesus Christ. No, wrong, no, no wonder the hymn writer said, amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved the truth. A wretch like me. Truth. That's truth. He remember Brother Patrick Grace showed up and shook hands with truth and said, I'm your counterpart. I'm your answer. I'm the balance. I'll weigh and balance the truth. One writer said, Grace is something you can never get but only be given. There's no way to earn it or deserve it or bring it about any more than you can deserve the taste that you can deserve the taste of a raspberry and cream or earn good looks or bring about your own birth. We can't do it. But Jesus showed up. The mercy, the grace and truth connection. Grace is the first ingredient that is essential for us 
to be in the image of God. Grace is is the restorer of the broken. Grace is the connection of the interruption. Grace brings us to the place where we are accepted again in relationship with the Father. While grace has no limits, people need direction to keep them from falling into the same old patterns over and over again. Amen. They need guidance to steer them from trouble. And that's where truth comes up and says, well, wait a second. Love's a river, but it also has banks. That's where truth stands up and said, yeah, don't do this and don't do that. But grace says, okay, if I do mess up, there's a way back to God that I have harmony and relationship back with God because grace and truth is the balance and the manifestation of the glory of God. The flat truth was the prodigal was worthless. He was a worthless, rotten, wasteful son. Most people today would have said, Saranaya there, Junior. I don't want anything to do with you. He, he was a worthless son. And you know what he said when his revelation and conviction come to him? He said, I'm no longer worthy to be called his son. But <laughs> the father met him with grace, not truth. Truth would have said, you're worthless. You don't matter. You're not a part of all this. You've wasted everything I've given to you. Oh, you you mean nothing to me. But grace says, come on. Amen. Here's my son. This is my son that was dead and is now alive again. What is he saying? He's saying, yes, there's truth. You're worthless. But he thought you were worth saving you were worthless you were you and i were scoundrels at the very best it doesn't matter where you come from but jesus said amen i'm robed i am god manifest in flesh to bring to you the meeting place where truth and righteousness will meet grace and mercy peter you denied the lord not once but three times You don't deserve a seat on the apostles' table. You don't deserve to be in the upper room. But hold on. Grace says, when you're converted, Jesus told Peter, he said, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat. Amen. What are you saying? You're going to mess up. But when you are converted, when you're changed, amen, I want you to know I'm praying for you. And when you are, grace says, when you're converted, oh, you deny the Lord, you've messed up, you, you've done this. And, but when you are converted, grace says, the woman caught in adultery, they were ready to stone her. She was guilty. Where's the guy? If she's caught in adultery, so was he. Does that make sense to you? Where's the guy? I don't know. But the woman that was caught in adultery, she was guilty. Amen. But grace stood there and said to her, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. The woman at the well had been married five times. And she was shacked up with number six. She wasn't even married to that guy. 
But grace said, I've got water for you to drink. Aren't you glad, dear ones, that God looked at our worst? He looked at the truth of our worst. He saw us at our worst and said, I still love you. I still will save you. I still will bring you into the fall because I come to seek and to save that which was lost. Amen. Truth is judgment, but grace is bringing to us the answer. Hallelujah. Truth without grace, we are destroyed. Truth without grace, we, we, we can't make it, but grace shows up. Now, we're not doing away with truth. We're not throwing truth out. Amen. Because it is both necessary to know truth as it is to experience grace. Amen. Truth without grace points fingers. You, you, you. What is Satan's main business? He's the accuser of the brethren. You, 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 you. Look what you did. Look what you did. Amen. If he ever says, look what you thought, you, you just tell him you're a big ball liar because you don't know what I'm thinking. You only know what I say and what I act. Only God knows what I'm thinking. Hallelujah. Oh, you thought that. And the devil comes to you. You need to tell him, take a hike, bud. Because you, you might try to get in my head, but I'm not going to let you get there. I felt like that's for somebody tonight. Truth without grace leads to condemnation. But truth with grace leads to conviction. Let me say that again. Truth without grace leads to condemnation. Truth with grace leads to God's mercy, it leads to conviction. Somebody say amen. amen. Look at Romans chapter 6, verse 15. What then? What then shall we sin? Because we're not under the law, but under grace, God forbid. Know ye not that whom ye yield yourself servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death, or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, ye become servants of righteousness. Truth without grace is dangerous. Truth without grace, it turns into that greasy grace. Anybody heard about greasy grace? Hyper grace? Don't matter how you live because grace is always going to be there to cover you up. But they throw out truth to get that doctrine. The glory of the Father is full of grace and truth. It is full of the unmerited favor of God and also the absolute reality of God. Hallelujah. They are connected in Jesus Christ. The revelation of God's glory is found in this divine connection. Many people today only want grace and ignore truth. Those who focus on grace alone love forgiveness and freedom, but they ignore the facts of God's justice and holiness. Amen. Some focus on truth alone. They are quick to judge and slow to forgive. They're quick to condemn and cast doubt about and slow to have mercy. I want to tell you, the Bible says you get 
mercy like you give mercy. I had rather be err on the side of mercy and grace, amen, than on judgment and condemnation. How about you? Because that's the way I would like to be judged. Isn't that the way you would like to be judged? Praise God. Stand with me, please. There must be a place where we meet grace and truth and thereby see the glory of God. We find that the psalmist said, mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. It is in Jesus that I find redemption and also I find righteousness. It is in Jesus I find peace but I also find a path. It's peace, but he says, there's only one way here. Tells the truth. It's not a wishy-washy gospel. It's not a flip a coin, find your way. Everybody find your way to heaven. No, no, no. It's straight is the way. Narrow is the way. Straight is the gate that leads to everlasting life. But broad, broad is the way that leads to destruction. I want to tell you today, I don't want to ever forget truth. I said, I don't want to ever forget truth. I want to hold on to the blood-stained banner of Jesus Christ. I want to hold on even if the world goes crazy. Amen. I refuse. Can I just say this right here? I refuse to follow the seething mob. I refuse to listen to the hordes of humanity that are uh, acting out of anger and anguish and, and heartache. I, I refuse to follow them. Let me follow the word. I believe the truth. I, I believe the truth, but I also must have grace. If there ever was a time that our world needs grace, it blows my mind when a guy says one word on a post or something, he gets fired from his job be on a job for 20 years and he says one word that it messes him up one word oh, he may be a scoundrel he may be a but where's grace in our world today where's grace in our world today where is kindness in our world today it is embodied in Jesus Christ and therefore it must be embodied in us hallelujah hallelujah I want us to take a little bit of time right now those of you that can will you come forward for prayer let's come forward for prayer thank you for listening to the MPC podcast we trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord. We would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast, and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.